Welcome to the CL Talks podcast. Each week, we sit down with different guests who provide unique and insightful perspectives on various topics. Let's dive right into this week's episode of CL Talks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another CL Talks. I am so excited about this series that we've been in and the teachings here about implementing powerful breakthroughs in our lives. And how do we do that? We do that by prayer and intercession. We're living in a day and a time right now that I'm telling you, you must know how to pray but how to pray effectively. There's a difference in just throwing out words, thinking that's prayer, uh, coming before God. But there are principles in the Word of God that God has given us, just like the law of gravity works in this earth. There is the law of prayer. There are things that we uh, must understand Uh, that God has given us in the Word of God, and if we pray in accordance to that, we will see the results of what we're believing and praying for. We've discussed a lot. Last week, we were talking about how to deal with the cares of this life and how to deal with the worry and anxiety that comes to attack us when the cares of life come upon us. If you're not able to listen uh, to that, go back to the podcast, go to the website, uh, pull it up on CL Talks and listen to it uh, as we are talking uh, about prayer and how to have that effective prayer life that's going to bring results on the inside of your life. I believe that prayer is the most important aspect of kingdom business in our lives and also for the lives of others as we pray because prayer always brings a divine intervention of the power of God that would have not been there, was not there, and would not have been there unless someone prayed. This is the way God has set this whole principle up. Uh, God loves us. He lives on the inside of us. But Jesus over and over again said this. He concentrated on prayer. His whole life was prayer. He, he said, I don't seek my own will, I seek the will of God, which means that he was doing that in prayer and he was doing that in the Word of God. So it's important that you and I understand that everything in the kingdom is dependent upon prayer. God's people praying. I mean, remember this. One time, God was, uh, had pronounced judgment upon the nation of Israel, and He said, I look for one man, one man to stand in the gap that I would withhold the, the judgment. And then He said, this is the saddest words in the world. He said, I could find none. I mean, they were so caught up in their own selves, in their own businesses, in their own lives to a point that they couldn't even take time to pray even though they knew from the prophet the judgment of God was coming. And they were just like, oh, yeah, big deal, big deal. And, uh, and, and he couldn't find one person to pray. That's, that's, that's incredible. And so today, you and I, we must understand that prayer is us communing with God, communicating with God according to His will, back to Him, praying His will, praying His word. And then from there, there is an intervention of God's power, of God working in our lives, working in a nation, working in a city, working in a family, working in every 
aspect of the life of human beings and society. So it's so important that you learn how to pray. Pray, And one of, one of the uh, aspects of prayer, one of the principles of prayer is intercession. And we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit quite some time back. And we talked about praying in the Spirit, which means praying in tongues. It's a supernatural language that God gives you when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Intercession is something that is a part of what God wants us to do as the body of Christ. He wants us not only to intercede for ourselves, but He wants us to intercede for others. Listen, when there is major spiritual warfare going on, intercession is what gets us through and gets us out. Intercession is what defeats the enemy. Um, And if there is no intercession then we're going to see the enemy defeating us. I want to read an example of this in in talking about the power of intercession. I want to read out of Exodus, the 17th chapter, verses 8 through 16. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. And this is, of course, uh, with Moses and Joshua and Aaron and the children of Israel uh, coming out uh, had been delivered from Egypt, and, and now they're, they're coming out. And when they come out, something happens. They get attacked, just like many times we are attacked uh, by the forces of evil in our life. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And the word Rephidim means a place of rest. Okay, isn't it amazing that sometimes when we get into that place of rest, that the enemy looks and says, you know, I'm not going to let them sit there and just rest. You know, I'm going to attack them. I'm going to come against them. And, and so that's what Rephidim means. The enemy, he doesn't care whether you're resting. He doesn't care where you are, what disposition you're in. You know, uh, he's going to come at times and attack. Matter of fact, listen to 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, uh, verses 8 through 10. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, uh, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Notice it says that the, the, the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, how does he seek? He, he comes to test us. By, by what? By attacking us, attacking us in our minds, uh, bringing circumstances or obstacles or trials in our life, temptations in our life. And he does that to test us to see whether or not we will respond in faith and by faith or whether or not we will come into intercession and come into prayer concerning this situation that is going on and taking place or will we resolve ourselves to defeat, will we throw in the towels, will we get into anxiety and worry and fear, we would cower back. When we do that or draw back and we don't get into intercession, we don't use the Word of God, He knows right then that He can defeat us. Even though we're more than conquerors, but if He sees that action, He's going to turn up the heat. 
I mean, he'll pile it on. He'll bring more and more and more uh, to you, and especially attacking your mind, all right? Because he knows you're not going to resist him. He knows that you're not in faith. He knows that you're just going to put up with whatever he brings, okay? And so that way he will bring defeat. When you get into certain situations, you're going to have to do what I learned many, many years ago, and that is there are times you're going to have to pray through. You, you pray in English. You pray in your understanding what we learned in, in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. You pray in your understanding. But then your understanding is what I know about the Word of God. But then I need to switch over and pray in the Spirit. And there's many times I will pray in the Spirit I, about certain situations, about interceding for people, uh, interceding for myself, interceding for the church, interceding in the midst of circumstances that, that, that I face, that I will persevere, uh, I will endure, and I will pray. Now, there's times that the peace of God comes, and I know, okay, I, I just know this is taken care of. But I must pray and continue to pray. Yes, I still have to go to work. I still have to do the things that I need to do. But in the meantime, when I, when I do have the opportunity or when I come home or at night before I go to bed or when I get up early in the morning, I'm interceding about these situations, okay? So it says that it comes like a roaring lion. And then it says, knowing that the same sufferings. Listen, you're not the only one that is going through some issues right now. You're not the only one that are facing major circumstances. You're not the only one that is struggling in certain areas and certain places. The Bible says right here that... That it's experienced by all the brotherhood. And why is it experienced by all the brotherhood? Because there's a real enemy out there, okay? You're, you're, he doesn't just isolate you, and you're the only one there. No, he attacks every one of us, okay? But God, again, has given us the tools. He's given us the armor, but he's given us the tools and the principles whereby we can win this fight, all right, fight the good fight of faith. So it says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses, Moses is the leader. He's, 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 he's going to choose Joshua to go fight these folks. He said, Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Now there are times when you need to share your attacks or your circumstances or your troubles with people that you can trust, that you know that knows how to pray, that you can trust to help you fight the fight of faith and to pray with you. Now, first of all, you don't need to take that burden and give it to somebody else and let them pray you through. You've got to be praying with them also. That's that's something that is your responsibility. You know what it says in James, the fifth chapter? I think it's around verse 13. It's right in that area. It says this, If anyone is in trouble, let him pray. So the first thing you need to do is to pray, but then you can share with those you trust. You, you, it's got to be people you trust and people you know that know how to pray the Word of God. 
Okay, I don't want people praying for me that don't pray in faith and, and, don't, and, and they don't know the Word of God. Uh, my gracious, that's, that's going to be worse. All they're going to do is, oh, well, Lord, if it's your will, he'll live or die or whatever. You know, uh, I, I don't want people praying for me like that, okay? So I want people that I can share with, and I do. I share at times with our pastors. I share with other, other folks uh, that I know that are prayer warriors, and I say, hey, I'm going through this. I'm really praying about this. Notice I said, I'm praying about this, and I'd really like for you to help me in prayer. There's a lot of times that we need others helping us in prayer. Hey, remember when in Acts, the 12th chapter, uh, when James was put to death by Herod, and then he took Peter and put him in jail, put him in prison is actually what he did. Then he surrounded him uh, by, by, by all of these soldiers to keep him there in place so that he would not get out. All right, uh, so why would he do that? Because you remember the last time he put a person in a tomb and rolled a stone across it, uh, that person came out, and even though he had guards there. So now he's got four squads of guards around this one, around this one man. But the Bible says, you can read this in Acts 12, chapter, the Bible says, but the church, but the church went into intercession and began to pray for Peter. And it was not just a little prayer meeting where they just join hands and say, Oh, Lord, help Peter. Uh, Lord, you know what happened to James. And, uh, Father, if there's any way you can spare Peter, spare him. No, the Bible says they went into intercession. Now, I believe they were praying in the Spirit because what do they know to pray? I mean, they do know to pray, God, we just believe you to set Peter free. But then they need to pray and continue to pray in the Spirit. Because when you're praying in the Spirit, the Bible tells us we're praying the perfect will of God concerning that situation. Okay, So it was God's will for Peter to be set free. But the church had to pray. And when the church prayed, all together they came to pray for Peter... Then there was a divine intervention of the power of God. God sent an angel and set Peter free. There are times when pe people are so locked up, uh, when, when people can't do for themselves what they need to do, uh, when they are literally in prison to sometimes to mental attacks and other things, that's when the church needs to be praying for them and interceding for them. And we are the church. You know, you know, there is really no place in the Bible where it talks about the ministry of intercession. Intercession should be all of us in the body of Christ. We should all be intercessors praying for our brothers and our sisters. Somebody's in the hospital. They may be in a coma. They can't pray for themselves, but we should be praying for them. We should be interceding and praying. Uh, we should call a time of intercession and prayer for them. I fully believe that. It's so important for the church to come to understand that. But so many times we get so caught up in our own lives that we don't even have time to spend time in intercession to pray for our brothers and sisters. And you know what? With this day and time that we're living in, it's actually getting uh, there's more evil more darkness, more violence and things. We need to actually rally together 
and as the body of Christ, and we need to have our houses as houses of prayer. And we need to intercede and pray for our brothers and sisters when we find out that something's going on. We need to lift up their, their arms and fight. So listen to what James, the fifth chapter, verse 16 says. It says, confess your trespasses to one another. In other words, if I'm living in sin, my prayer's not going to get answered. So if I'm asking somebody to pray for me, the first thing I need to do is I need to pray the prayer of repentance and say, hey, brother, pray for me. I've been out here, I've been messed up, but I'm repenting of my sin right now in Jesus' name. So he says, confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, there's much power there. And then it goes on and talks about Elijah and how he was a man with a nature just like us, even though he was a great prophet. But listen, prayer is not based upon my title or my calling. Prayer is based upon my trust in God and praying according to His Word and what His Word says and for us to intercede for one another. So Moses... Moses is choosing Joshua to go out and fight uh, in, this, in this battle. And Moses says this to Joshua. He said, Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod in my hand, so, so, which is, represents the authority of God. We have the name of Jesus. We have the Word of God. I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. Remember, Remember this now, when you get into a place that you're fighting against the enemy and you are praying and you are interceding, you've got to remember who's on your side when you face the enemies or the circumstances or the trials or the cares of this life. You've got to remember who is on your side, okay, when you're going to fight. Intercession is fighting. It literally is fighting in the spirit. You know, uh, the, the battle is the Lord, but we are to fight the fight of faith. The battle is the Lord, but we are the ones that come into intercession, and we're the ones that begin to pray. Uh, we're the ones that have to, have to develop our endurance and our perseverance so that we can pray through every single matter until we see the answer. Listen, listen in Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter. This is actually when God was giving the children of Israel what is called the principles of warfare. Remember Paul said that we wage a good warfare? We're in a warfare. We have the armor of God. But here's what God said to the children of Israel. And he's saying it to us today. When you go out to battle against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and people more numerous to you than you. In other words, when you see the situation and the circumstances that are bigger than you, it's like, hey, David, when you go out on the field against Goliath, Goliath's going to be much bigger than you, but he's not bigger than God. Your circumstance is not more powerful than God. Your, your issue and your, your care is not greater and more powerful than your God. And that's what they, they, he's telling telling them. He's saying when you see just 
thousands upon hundreds of thousands uh, of the enemy and you're only 10,000, don't, don't worry because numbers doesn't mean that much to God. He can take one and put 1,000 to flight. He can take two and put 10,000 to flight. So it says when you see people that are more numerous than you or bigger than you or greater than you in stature or size, he said, do not be afraid of them. Why? For the Lord your God is with with you. That is a revelation right now that you must get in your heart. You are not in this by yourself. You are not alone facing this care, this trial, this circumstance, these issues in your life. You are not by yourself. You are not fighting with your own power and your own abilities. You're fighting with the power of the Word of God, the power of the name of Jesus. You're fighting with the power of God Himself, the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. That's who's with you. Man, it, it, wow. So he says, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you. And then he goes back, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In other words, he said, remember what I did in Egypt? Remember what I did to Pharaoh? Remember how I brought you out with a strong arm? Brought you out and delivered you and set you free? There are so many times that I will go back and rehearse the things that God has done for me, remembering what God did. But then I get into the Word of God and see all the great things that God did for His own sons and daughters and His children and for, for Israel. Oh, man, that, you got to remember, God is with you. He's the God who brought you out. Nothing, Pharaoh, the, most, the, the, the mightiest and most powerful nation at that time on the face of the earth could not stop God from delivering His people. And so it is with you. Verse 2, it says, So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. Listen, there are times you got to speak to yourself. And there's times that you must speak encouragement and edification to others that are going through something that you're going to be interceding with them. Speak that encouragement. He said to them, Hear, O Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Boy, I'm telling you, I know right now, praise God, right now, the Spirit of God just prompted me. And I'm looking right now at you, right where you are. These are specific words from the Spirit of God just for you. You know where you're at. You know the situation that you're facing. You know what you've been through. I rebuke that anxiety and worry right now off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be loose and be set free in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit of fear and command it to loose you right now in the name of Jesus. The very things that the enemy is trying to, to, to paint on the canvas of your mind that is going to happen is not going to happen. He's, he's playing with your imagination. He's trying to make you think that things, uh, because of this situation you're in, uh, he's trying to make your imagination to, to make you think that things that have not happened, things that will not happen because you're trusting your God is going to happen. And you, you're kind of sinking right now. 
Okay, just like Peter did when he got out on the water and he started looking at all the circumstances and began to sink. Listen to these words. These are liberating words. These are words that I'm sending right now to heal you, words to set you free, words right now that are going to encourage you. It is words from God's Word. Listen to this. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble. Or to be terrified because of them, because of what you see, because of what you're experiencing. Don't be terrified. Listen, for the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. To save you. God is on your side. He is not somewhere else doing something else. He is on your side. He is there with you, your God. He loves you with unfailing love. And so you've just got to get your faith back. You've got to arise out of that depression. You've got to get your faith back. You've got to rebuke those things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to do it right now. Some of you need to stand up right now, put your foot down, and and rebuke that depression, rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to do it yourself. Yeah, I just did it a while ago. You need to do it. And you need to run that devil out. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't have to wait till the end of this message. Do it right now in Jesus' name. He said, for the Lord your God is with you to fight for you against your enemies. Praise God. That is so important for you to do. To, to what? To fight against your enemies to say. So when you start fighting, God is fighting. Okay? He, he said it right here. He said, the Lord goes with you to fight against your enemies. He said, don't be afraid. Don't tremble. Okay, come on, get your faith back. Come on, get out of that. Rebuke that fear in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what Romans the 8th chapter verse 31 says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, here's what he's saying. Even though we have things coming against us, we know we have trials. We know we have issues and circumstances, okay? We know things come against us. But he, here's what he's saying. Who's bigger than God? Who, who can be against us? Who's greater and more powerful than God? Surely not the devil. The devil's not on the level with God. The devil is a fallen, defeated angel. He's not on the level with God. So if God be for us, God's for me. God didn't bring this stuff on me, okay? The devil is the one who stirred all of this up and brought this mess, okay? So therefore, the attack comes from him. The thief, John 10, 10, the thief, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So everything that has to do with life and abundance of life comes from God. Everything that has to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, you know where it's coming from. It's coming from the devil. And so the Bible says, what shall we say to these things? You need to say this right now. My God is for me. Come on, say it. My God is for me. He is not against me. He is not the one that's doing these things. My God is 
is for me. My God is for me. My God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? That's what I'm saying to these things. Who can be against me? Who are you to come against the living God, the all-powerful God? That's what you've got to say. you got to say that out of your mouth. Glory to God. That was a pretty good rap, I believe. Anyway, so in John the fourth chapter, verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children. You are of God. I am of God. God created me. He lives on the inside of me. He's delivered me. He set me free. He saved me. He redeemed me. He reconciled me. And I am his son. And you are his son or his daughter. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Well, I'm still going through this. Yeah, but you're more than a conqueror. You have overcome them. How you've overcome them. Jesus said it in John 16, He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You have trials. You have circumstances. You have issues. You, you'll go through some troubled times and things of that nature. He said, but be of good cheer, which means be of good courage. Be of good courage. Be confident. He said, because I have overcome it. And if I have overcome it, now you can overcome it. Because I live in you. My word is there. My power is there. Now you can overcome. It. Just like Jesus overcame it, whatever Jesus overcame, you can overcome. You're more, you, you, you are an overcomer. So he says, you are God, uh, God little children and have overcome them because he, mm, he who is in you, listen to this, not just he who is in heaven, he who is in you is greater is greater. The greater one lives on the inside of you. Man, when are you going to let that manifest? When are you going to let that revelation hit you in the midst of what you're facing right now? Greater is he. Come on, don't be a wimp. Don't be a scaredy cat. Don't, don't, don't run away. Don't be, oh, I'm self-pity. Come on, arise out of that self-pityness. Come on, arise out of that. Glory to God. And start saying, you may be watching me and laying somewhere, and you may be attacked with sickness or whatever, but it hasn't stopped your mouth. Okay, It has not stopped your mouth. Start saying, greater is he that is in me. Glory to God than he that is in the world. Glory to God. He said, have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Whatever you're facing in the world is not greater and more powerful than God. But you must get that revelation. You must get into intercession and prayer and thanksgiving. Man, when you start doing that and you realize who God is to you and who you are in Him, wow. Man, you'll intercede like Elijah did with fervency. Uh, you'll not just, oh, that's that. no, you'll stand up glory to God. You'll stand up with fire in your bones. Praise God. Listen, listen to this now. Let's go on with this story. It says, and Moses and Aaron went up to the top of the hill. Now, I love this. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So there was three of them that went up 
to the top of the hill in a position to be able to oversee the battle in a position where Moses was going to intercede. You know, there, there were some people back in the 80s that said uh, the, the higher you get, the stronger your intercession. There were people renting airplanes and going on top of mountains. Folks, that is total deception. That is so false doctrine. Man, intercession can take place in the lowest valley. Uh, when you're dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, you're dealing with it out of intercession, out of the Word of God, and, and, and you're dealing with them, and you're dealing with every issue and circumstance. You don't have to get up on the Empire State Building to get higher up. Uh, so God, You can't get any higher than you are right now. In Christ, you're seated in heavenly places. Okay, You're above everything, and everything is underneath your fit, foot when it comes to spiritual warfare. So... Listen, listen, uh, listen to what uh, uh, Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, verse 12. Notice Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up. The three of them went up. Though one can be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold, threefold cord is not easily broken. See, what, it, what, what is Moses doing? Moses is taking some trusted people with him uh, uh, up here to pray. And then it goes on to say, And so it was when Moses held up his hand, and his hand is a, is, is a sign of surrender, and it's a, it's a sign that God, uh, I, I'm going to be interceding, but you've got this. You're going to take care of this. So at that he's humbled himself before God. So when Moses held up his hand, so it was that when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. He was in this, this position of intercession. He's interceding now for Joshua and the children of Israel that are down there fighting. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. So as long as Moses interceding, they were winning. But when he stopped, they began to lose. So many times people stopped interceding and praying before they before they win the fight okay we win the fight already going in because thanks be unto God who gives us the victory uh, we know we have victory secured but you still they still had to fight you still have to fight the fight of faith okay you just can't sit around and say I hope God will do something no you intercede and while you're interceding God is fighting you're fighting the fight of faith. You're fighting through intercession, and God is moving. Okay? Once you stop, and you'll know when to stop. Believe me, you'll know when to stop because there will be peace uh, that, that comes. Or God will say, okay, I want you to go to bed, get up in the morning, start interceding again. It, it, it may be that. It, there's been times that I've interceded for hours. There's times I've interceded for 15 minutes and interceded for 30 minutes. And there's times that I've interceded day after day after day uh, uh, as I get off work and my lunchtime and other things that I would intercede and keep praying for something until I see the breakthrough. So, so this is amazing. Moses, powerful man of God, when he stopped interceding, they stop, started losing. When you start interceding, you say, how long do I have to intercede? I don't know. you know. But a lot of times when you stop, unless God says stop and rest, listen, you, you, the battle then changes course. Okay, And that's not what you want. So it says, it, so, so it says when he laid his hand down, Amalek prevailed. 
But Moses' hands became heavy. There are times in intercession that you can get weary and tired. That's the reason you need friends. You need other people to help you during the times of your tough times, really tough times to intercede. So just like right now in the nation, we're going through some very tough times. What do we need? We need intercessors. We need people praying praying around the clock. You know, you may, be a, uh, you may be a prayer warrior. You may get up and pray in the morning, but we need to pray for our nation. You may be one that prays at night. You may get up uh, at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock and pray, but we need our houses to be houses of prayer. We need to be praying and interceding for our nation, but not only just for our nation. We need to intercede for the people in our congregation or the people in our families that are going through some really tough times we intercede and God moves I'm telling you he will and so Aaron and her supported his hands one on one side and the other on the other side and his hands were steady listen to this until the going down of the sun man they started this early in the morning and man they are fighting all through the day so intercession is not something that okay I'll just pray for a minute no sometimes intercession It may take all day. It may take three or four days. Uh, Intercession doesn't mean you have to pray pray 24-7, but you pray through. You you select your times that you're going to pray. And so there's many times that I select times that I'm going to pray. Usually for me, it's early in the morning, and I know people are going through things, and I just really start praying for them. And so Aaron and her support his hands, one on one side, and his hands were steady until the going down uh, of sun. Now, the one thing you need to understand is Aaron represents the priesthood. We're all the we're all royal priesthood. The Bible says that over in First Peter, okay, the second chapter. We are royal priesthood, a holy nation, and uh, and then Air, uh, her represents praise. While you're praying, you start praising God concerning the thing that you're praying for. Remember what happened in Acts the sixteenth chapter. It says, "But at midnight, Paul in verse twenty five, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. That word, they were praising hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. Do you know that when you're you're interceding and you're praying, that times there's people listening and people know what's going on in your life, but they're going to see how you you handle it. So it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains." were loose. Now, now at midnight they were praying. We don't know how long before midnight they were praying, but they kept praying and they kept praising God and what happened? There was a divine intervention of God. Keep interceding. Come on, folks. Keep interceding and praying. So it says, because of the intercession of, of Moses and the help of Aaron and her with Moses, it says, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And what does the sword represent to us today? It is in Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verse 17 and 18. And it says this, it's praying the word of God. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's what we use today. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance. You must persevere. You must press in. And supplication for all the saints. And then in verse 14, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for memorial in the book and recount it in its hearing uh, of Joshua that I will utterly block out the remembrance of Amclach under heaven. Always remember 
Always, he said, write this as a remembrance. You need to write down your answers to prayer. You need to write down your testimonies. You need to write it down. Why? Because he said, because I want you to give it to Joshua one day. You need to write it down so that you can share with your children, your grandchildren, all the testimonies, all the things. That's the reason you need a prayer journal. You write down the answers to your prayers. You write down that the intercession and the things that you've gone through so your kids can see exactly how God God's brought you through things, and He'll bring them through the same identical things. Listen, always remember who God is. Listen to Psalm 77, verse 10. It says this, And I said, This is my anguish, but I remember. See, when you're going through things, I remember the years of the right hand of the Most High, what He's done for me. I will remember the works of the Lord. The same works Jesus did, can you do also? And the same uh, things that have happened to people you've heard testimonies, the same thing can happen to you. And I will, all, all, always, I will also meditate on all of your work and talk about your deeds. That's meditating in the Word of God, confessing the Word and speaking the Word. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary. Who is such a great God as as our God. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength by miracles. Remember, signs, wonders, and miracles. And then what did Moses do after they got the victory? Moses built an altar and called it its name, The Lord is My Banner, because for he said, Because the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. The Lord is still having war from generation to generation with the kingdom of darkness. Amen. And he said, He built an altar. Always remember, when God does something for you, give Him thanks. Oh, man, get, get on, have your altar. Your altar is anywhere, but it's an altar of prayer and thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for setting me free. Always blessing Him and thanking Him. Can you say amen? Come on, folks, get into intercession. I know our church, I, I mean, God's put it in my heart. I'm gonna, I, we, we need to develop intercession, strong intercession in our, our church because of where we're going and what God is doing, and we want to be and have an impact upon our nation upon our families, upon our city, uh, where God has placed us. We want to intercede for those that are going through tough times. Can you say amen? Listen, let me also say this. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your day, the day of salvation, the day to see your whole life begin to change. And it, that happens when you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. Lord Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, save me. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord. If you've been in sin, repent of it. Father, I repent in the name of Jesus of all my sin. Repent of that sin and ask His forgiveness and He will forgive you. Get back in the fight. Get back into the body of Christ. Come on, get back into church. Be where you're supposed to be. If you say, well, I don't have a church. Well, let us be your local church right now. Let us be that place. Sunday mornings at 10, live streaming right there in your living room. Or you can come here live with us. We love you. And until next time or Sunday at 10 a.m., God bless you. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to the CL Talks podcast. You can find the notes from this conversation in the show notes below. For more information and talks from Covenant Love, just search for us on social media or head to mycl.church. We'll see you next week.